1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. What's up, everybody? This is the Chasing the Tide Saltwater Second Fin Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Nichols, so come along for the Saltwater Shenanigans. Everybody, Dustin Nichols with uh, Chasing the Tide Saltwater segment here on the Palafin Network. Um, we're excited to get this uh, series going here. This is my first episode. Um, I'm looking forward to starting a, a, a long run on this, this podcast network, and uh, we're going to get this going with our first guest we have here um, from Corpus Christi, Texas, uh, the one and only Chris Castro. What's up, my brother? Yes, sir. Just here looking for the same fish you're looking for, man. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> like I said, you know, we chat a little bit before we started recording, and um, you know, I'm smacking myself for not fishing today. You know, I think you said you had a chance to get on the water a little bit, but I uh, got run off from some from weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's here, man. We got that first front pushing, or not first, but first real big front, I think. Because I think what is it it's supposed to dip down in the 40s this week or this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to see 30s up here in my area. You know, I'm just a little further north than you. Yeah, it's going to be like 32 uh, Tuesday morning. And I'm like, oh, come on. Bring bring them, for it, man. Bring, bring them to that deep structure. You know, we'll, 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 dip, we'll dive into that in a little bit here in a second. But, yeah, um, you know what I want to do, you know, the way I want to start out is I, I just, you know, want to get your basic background. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you started fishing, um, what got you yeah. into fishing. Yeah, man. So uh, I moved around as a kid a lot. Um, my parents had me <laughs> when they were going yeah. through college. And as soon as they so I was actually born here in Corpus, but I yeah. only lived, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe three or four years of age. And then my parents graduated and we started traveling all over the world. My dad got an engineering job. And so I sort of like hopped around and fished. Right. So I as a yeah. as a young young guy I, I can remember being on the the heads downtown in corpus uh parents graduated then we moved to sugarland and we were getting a house built and i remember just sort of seeing all those little lakes and ponds actually i'll tell you exactly oh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> i okay so there's a i grew up watching goldfish <laughs> and um i I always wanted to try and catch him at such a young age, you know, just as a kid, just out of curiosity, because my, my parents, when they graduated, they moved to this place called the Lion's Head in Sugarland off Highway 6. And uh, the Lion's Head was this apartment complex with all these real cool canals and just it was stocked with goldfish. So I always go back to that. That's when I first really like, wow, I want a rod. I want to put something on this rod and I want to make sure and catch one of those goldfish. Never did. But that's just sort of how it all started. And uh, then I moved to Spain, man. And 
I lived there for about two and a half, almost three years, and learned a little bit from from some of the guys there. That was I was about um, going into like fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. So you know, some time had passed, obviously, in between Sugarland and then. But I just remember that being just a big turning point for me. Just the the species were different, everything was different. But the group of friends I met there loved to fish, and we used to fish in this uh, city. It was a port city called Hijon Asturias, or Asturias. I should use my accent, right? Um, Oh, yeah. So it's uh, basically northern Spain looking out towards, uh, you know, like the UK and all that. Um, And, uh, man, it's just – it was cool to see that, you know. That's when I first saw big tidal fluctuations. Yes. It it was crazy. I mean, nothing like we see here in Texas. I mean, you're talking about – Oh, I don't know. Yeah, over there it's 15 eight, or 20. Yeah, 8 to, eight be to 15, 10, yeah. 15. I mean, it just really depend on the time of year, I noticed. But back then, I really never focused on too yeah. much of that. It was just like, wow, like this could be dangerous. you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so um, then I came back to the U.S. Um, I remember renting a lot of VHS tapes out of the local library in Rosenberg, which is just south of Houston. Yes. Um, they have a, a library there called, I think it's called the George Ranch Library. I think I could be wrong. Um, and I remember just learning so much from those tapes because that's all we had back then. Yes. Right. I mean, this is before the internet really took off. You know, it's, it was just a different world, but that's sort of how I got started, man. And, and then I got into kayak fishing. Uh, I bought a kayak and I think it was 2009 mm-hmm. for like 300 bucks. <laughs> And uh, yeah. I did everything wrong, you know, really did. Uh, you know, I have sympathy for some of these guys who just get into the industry and they break all the rules. You know, they don't think about the life jacket. They don't think about right. the anchor, the leash. Because, you know, going back, I was one of those dudes. I just, I was like, oh, dude, you know, I'm so excited. I was and, too. Uh, I, I take this kayak out and then I, you know, years later and they go by, I get scolded by some of the old salts and, and yes. some of the pioneers of the sport. And, uh, and now I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, you know, that's, but, you know, that's I have remorse for it, you know? Yeah, that, that's, that's the whole thing is just jumping, jumping into something. You don't realize, man, you're such in a more confined space. Um, you have to have stuff there readily accessible. Say if you were to get a hook in your leg, you got to have some die cuts right there. Boom. So you can clip it out and pull it through or whatever, you know, just different things like that, that uh, a newbie might not know, you know, that's cool that you brought that up, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's just. That's what, you know, and in a weird way, that's what kind of got me because, you know, I'm used to bank fishing. I'm used to pier fishing my entire life. But then when I got on a kayak, it was like, dude, my brain was firing in all these different directions. You know, I'm fighting a fish, you know, some you know, eventually down the line and it's my first red fish. And I remember this like it was yesterday and I'm just like, I'm, the wind is picking up like, you know, and so your adrenaline starts to pick up because you're like, well, how do I bring this fish in when I'm drifting back? The fish is going that, you know, out that way. I, I have no idea. Drag is different. Everything's different. And so um, I, I kind of like, I don't know, man, that all those brain snaps going on, man. It just really got to me. I was like, all right, this is completely different than anything I've ever done in my life. And uh, I just fell in love with the sport and I just kind of wanted to learn how to hone all those skills in, you know, just to be more efficient and just not look like I'm uh, fishing for the first time in my life. Yeah, right on. <laughs> Um, man, I know it just, it opened up so many more opportunities on the water. I mean, cause just like, like I said, uh, I said, I was a guest on a, one of the OG shows for the Pal and Finn network there. And, uh, 
you know, we, we dived into a little bit and I just said, you know, Texas is big because it is big. The fishing industry is just huge, but you know, you can, you can walk up to places and wade in. That was a big thing that you can just wade fish here. Cause that mm-hmm. growing up me, I grew up in Southeast Georgia, which was major marsh, uh, influx, uh, you know, six, seven foot tidal swings, the same thing. You really didn't, couldn't wade anywhere cause you were going to sink up to your neck in mud. <laughs> Wow. So, so that's, Georgia that's has the whole thing. Georgia has swings? a big tide swing wow. too. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Just like uh, the further, further north you go up from Florida. Yeah. It gets some pretty good ones on the Atlantic side. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're not waiting Crazy. over there. Yeah. But, um, man, that's, that's, that's cool, man. You, uh, get started. And then you've been fishing since, uh, out of a kayak since 2009. Um, mm-hmm. so I man, that's three that's years. A, that's a good stretch. Before I really, yeah. I mean, 2009 um and it was funny man i'm thinking back to those days and there was really nobody doing it like they do it now you know i mean any day you go out in corpus doesn't matter if it's monday tuesday there's gonna be somebody out in a kayak oh yeah um now and back then i just remember um they're just uh it was different man you know, it was definitely the the population wasn't quite there yet. Or the boom, I should say, wasn't there. But right. it was getting there. It was getting it there. It was getting. It was getting there for sure. And I, I picked it up, you know, what really made me go after a kayak. Um, the backstory to that is I started reading, you know, these magazines and these books that, that I would just randomly see hit the shelves uh, of these East Coasters, these guys up in Virginia, man. The guys that really got me into it uh where it was kayak kevin and rob Choi, which by the way that's kind of full swing circle here like almost i don't know eight years later uh that's actually his work so one of the guys who i saw on a video and and he he used to write for kayak oh yeah i think he still does kayak angler magazine Mm -hmm. um i ended up just kind of touching bases with them he doesn't even know that he's one of the one one of the guys that kind of inspired me to do it but i purchased some of his work just because uh I just wanted a piece of that, you know. He does really good. How do you say that? I think it's uh, Jinatsu or Gimakatsu work or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Don't quote yeah, me that's on that. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, the fish, the fish print. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Japanese fish print. <laughs> there you uh, go. I think yeah, I know. Uh, there, there's a guy that was here for a while, um, Greg Blanchard. He's a big YouTube guy, you know, a big big time guy on YouTube. Uh, Solid, solid angler, bass side, and uh, he he does some shirts like that. He's having a guy up from from Austin doing some shirts with that 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 kind of print. It's really really cool. Um, oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. I, What's his name? Uh, Greg Blanchard. He's Greg he, uh, Blanchard. Okay. He's a big big YouTube bass fisherman tournaments, and he's originally from New York State. He travels around doing like physical therapy and stuff. But he lived in Texas for a while. Um, I think he's out in California now, but he. He's he's got a guy that does some really cool prints like that too, and I, man, I'd love to do, get some, you know, some uh, when I catch that over thirty speck of trout. <laughs> I'd be I'd good. Like I like to get one done of that. Give put a nice yellow eye on it, and you know, yeah, have it look really cool. Do a little print and stretch it out over a canvas and have it hanging up, you know. So <laughs> you know, that's the only thing about it though. You got to keep the fish to print it. Which yeah. if I catch if I catch one that big, this is going back in the water. You know, <laughs> same thing. So that's what want to get me to this topic. I just wanted to um, dive into uh, uh, some of your favorite species you like to target. Um, out of yeah, the man. So, so that's that's an interesting one. You know, um, 
I like to target a lot of different species, but you know, I guess the main one, the main ones in Texas, obviously, you're inshore and offshore. They're night and day. But uh, let's start off yeah. with inshore. So, um, redfish, obviously, and and you know, speaking of redfish, I'm surprised. I, I didn't realize how sought after redfish was to somebody who lives outside of the U.S. Yes. Um, I, I just learned this like a few years ago when Marty from Birdley Pro came down and, and he was down here fishing and he was like, no, I, I don't want, I don't want a kingfish. I don't want this big old fish right here. I just want a redfish. I was like, all right. Yeah. So, uh, redfish right. is on the list, man. Speckled trout, of course, dude. I mean, we're just blessed to be in a good area where yes, we are. some of the, <laughs> the big speckled trout like to hang. Um, what else, man? Uh, I haven't caught a tarpon, but it's, it's. I've been targeting them. I've had a few opportunities with them, uh, but I haven't actually landed an official date per se. Well, um, we, we need to make that happen. We we need to get together and make us a trip down to Port Isabel yeah. and go go chase them and actually go after some snook too. So that's what I'll yeah. you know I, I'd be yeah. down for that kind of trip. You know, definitely. Oh yeah, <laughs> I see them all the time right here, and even in I've seen them in Port Isabel. I've seen them in you know. Mansfield Jetties, Port Aransas. I mean, they they're there, and the guys on the fly are catching those like crazy. But yeah, that's definitely yeah. on the list. Um, believe it or not, kind of whipping back to inshore black drum. I I really enjoy actually oh. catching black drum, dude. Uh, the big old nasties. Not the you know. I mean, yeah, you'll run into a butterfly drum every so often, but to catch those yeah. big, huge, yeah, the ones nasties, that are man, they're kind 30, of fun. Thirty four yeah. inches plus. You know they. Yeah, uh, if you can man. get them to eat artificial, that's great. Uh, I've had a couple like that out of the kayak, and they you're definitely on a what they call a Texas sleigh ride. <laughs> yeah, man, those are yeah. those are a lot of fun. Really, really a lot of fun. Oh, they are. Uh, and then going back to uh, to offshore, man. Of course, you know kingfish. We're sort of right in that mi- migratory pattern. Whenever yes. they go back down to Mexico, the Yucatan, and they whip back up north. Um, so we're you know, and they come in close. A lot yes. of that is, of course, because of inshore structure and whatnot. So it brings in some of those species in. Um, I, I've seen mahi come in as, yeah. as close as two miles. Um, you know, cobia is a big, a big one. You know, and if you're lucky enough, of course, the selfish. You know, they're out there more than what people think, and people do catch them. It's rare, but they do catch them. Uh, well, well, we that's, can we can go ahead and uh, and <laughs> and just let everybody know that yes, yes, yes. Uh, Chris yeah. has uh, landed uh, <laughs> yeah. selfish was, on his kayak. Yeah, fortune. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was that was a crazy story. I guess we can get into that one later. Yeah. But yeah, um, we'll, we'll dive into that later here a little bit. <laughs> what else, man? Um, what's a good one? Snook. I think you already said that. I haven't yeah. put my hands on a snook yet, but I've been next to a guy. I took a dude out one time, man, and he caught a snook, and I was like, dude, you're you're so lucky, man. I brought my yeah. camera and everything. And he was like, no way, you brought your camera. I was like, yeah, let's get a picture of this and that. Took about five yeah. shots. I go to the truck, and I was like, man, you're going to kill me. He was like, why? He's like, I, I didn't put an SD card in the camera. I don't have a card in there. <laughs> so oh, it's, our little, like, uh, it's our little story, man, that we kind of share. The, the story that you know we can never prove, but between me and him, he actually got one. Uh, but, yeah, we caught some snook here. But, I've, like I said, I've never personally caught one yet. Uh, but I'd like yeah. to get my hands on that. So... Yeah, man, those are some of the species down here that I enjoy. Looking and hoping. Looking and hoping. I know yeah. it's like I'm trout fever like 100% right now. The uh, the cooler weather, the front's pushing in, you know, and then big girls come out to play. You know, it's like, man, I'm 
that's all I'm about right now. I was having yeah, fun man. catching redfish for about the last month, and then it just it's it's turned on. It's done. I yeah. flip a page to trout now. You know. Um, yeah, trout can they can ruin you, man. Yeah, they can they can change you. Um, they changed me re- real recent, like three about three or four years ago. Um, because I never really was avidly chasing or trying to target trout until, I mean, I would catch them, you know, I've caught them throughout my life, but to really actually try and figure them out, you know, I only got like four years in on it and, um, not until the last couple of years, I finally did enough work to where it's like, okay, I've picked up on their pattern. I've mm-hmm. felt consistency, but there's nothing better man than putting in all that work and failing more than succeeding. And then you finally get that big slob gator trout and you're just like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> finally, you yes. know, so, what's even what I, better when you, when you get, get one and then you get one on the next cast <laughs> when you find them like that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten that's... a lot of 25s like that. Yes. Right there in the yes. middle of 25, like the 25 inch mark. I've, I've, I don't know why, but, Whenever I catch one, I'll try and bring it in, cast as quickly as I can, and sure enough, man, they're there. They're yeah, hanging no, around each other. Those 24, 25-inch are, are usually, yeah, there's one one or more normally there. And then um, I've noticed some of them that, um, like 26, 27, I've had pulled out of back of a school of redfish, you know, a mm-hmm. solo one, just yeah. right behind the redfish, hanging out or or – or underneath a school of horse mullet mm-hmm. and just have one crash my top water right on the backside of a school of mullet. Like he was just shadowing them the whole way, you know, it's really, it's really cool to see that kind of stuff yeah. and then apply it again at different times. And it's in it and it works. It's like, I got one for you. Have crazy. you ever, have you ever caught a, a trout that was hanging behind your partner's stringer? <laughs> Uh, have, you, have you read into that? Like, no. Your partner's got a stringer of trout, and there so happens to be a loose trout hanging behind with and the you rest throw of the back trout. back there to it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I've done that once. Done that once wow. about three years ago, man. And uh, that was fun. It was like a 23. I mean, it wasn't a big one, but, you know. No, I mean, that's pretty big for – depends on where you're from. But good, solid 23-inch trout did that. It was hanging around. I, I kept seeing – something swimming around his uh, stringer and i was like dude there's a fish hanging behind your 10 foot stringer and i uh, casted out and uh yeah i caught one like that i'll never forget that yeah for, for, <laughs> for those of you landlocked people out there in this uh podcast land um we do have sharks that kind of frequent the bays and are known to uh pull your fish off the stringer <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, that's what he was like. Oh, a fish back there. I wonder what it could be. <laughs> oh, that's that's cool that there's a there's another trout back there just hanging out chilling. You know, <laughs> I, I've never I haven't heard that one before. That's a good one. Definitely. A yeah, good one. yeah, I did that one. And, yeah. and I was like, that was fun. That was just a, made for a good story. Right. Oh, yeah, it does. Well, cool, man. Uh, Well, I just want to know. I see you got the ACK um, logo on your shirt. So you are a member of the Austin Canoe and Kayak Fishing Team there. Yeah, and, man, uh, I just uh, completed my first year with them, actually. So excited to be a part of them and what they're doing. They just launched their uh, fishing team last year. Last so, year, yes. uh, Yeah, which I was surprised, you know, because ACK is a pretty big company. I didn't, I didn't, I never even, like, I always thought that they had uh, a fishing team. But what it was is they've always had a Hobie fishing team and not yeah. an actual kayak fishing team. So super excited to be a part 
um, of that and what's going on. So it's been really, really neat. Cool deal. And then, uh, what kayaks are you currently um, fishing out of right now? So when I got with, um, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, versatile fishing. So, you know, here in Corpus, I'm inshore and offshore. And um, before I got with ACK, I was with, on a Trident 15. <clears throat> um, I stuck with that kayak because for the type of environment that we're in, it's just a good versatile boat that can help me go offshore and inshore. But, of course, being now with them, um, I had never... I've tried a few pedal systems, but I never committed to one. And so um, I heard a lot about the Predator PDL, and I gave that a shot, and I, I enjoyed it, man. I re- really oh, enjoyed oh, it. Yeah. yeah so that, those, that's kind of uh, my one-two punch right there to help me get where I need to down here in Texas. Uh, Ocean Trident 15, if the conditions are gnarly offshore or if I just yes. feel like going for a good paddle inshore. Um, and the Old Town Predator PDL. So Yes. I still love uh, the soul of paddling. Um, that's mm-hmm. true kayaking to me. Yeah. Paddling. And, and I enjoy a good paddle through the marsh chasing redfish, you know, uh, close to the action stealth. Um, you can slide in some tight areas that boats can't get in. You're not worried about that drive and that heavier boat that you have with a pedal drive. So, you know, mm-hmm. little bit of ease of access and launchability, launchability, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, <laughs> uh yeah i'm the same way makes it it's cool, it's, you know? it's different you know like i'm glad i got to experience a lot of paddling and i still do i paddle yes. a lot uh the only reason this year that i hadn't was i had a little strain on my lower back so i'm letting that kind of heal but yes. um there is something different about it you know it's like when, when guys tell me well, why do you paddle more than you pedal i mean obviously not this year but last year and um i was like well it's the struggle is a little bit different, you know, and sometimes it, that feels a little bit more rewarding. So I, I still yes. do enjoy all the close combat fishing, the, the, the organized chaos, you know, like, especially That's when you get on exactly. a big fish, you know, it's <laughs> just a, it's a different fight. Of it. <laughs> it's a very yes. different fight yes. whenever you have a paddle and a rod in hand and a pedal drive and a rod in hand. It's just two different animals. Uh, but, I you know, I enjoy it either way, either way, man. So and, and yeah. you you like to use a paddle kayak for offshore also i do yeah yes yeah, yes. yeah which is the trident, the, the trident 15 that's a great Correct. paddle boat yes yeah it's it hand, a good handles good the surf kayak. well yes it does yeah it handles the surf well um you know I, I was concerned at first but i gave it a shot because uh, i was so used to paddling a lighter style kayak in the 70 pound mark and the Trident 15 is a heavy kayak, man. It's it's like 95-ish, 98 yeah. pounds once you put the rudder. But what I learned from that was I actually begin to appreciate the weight a little bit better because of once you get that momentum going, it tends to push through the surf just yeah. a little more, man. And not only that, but whenever the wind is kicking, you know, it doesn't get bullied around as much. Um, right. And, and for the longest time, man, going back to the guys who got me into kayak fishing uh, – kayak kevin if any of you guys have ever heard him he's just one of the one of the founding fathers down there up there in the east coast in the virginia um he always talks about no i don't want a light kayak you know i want to i like those big heavy kayaks i was like wow that doesn't make any sense to me but now i know you know now i know and have an appreciation for something that's well built has a good hold design and can push through uh water although it's heavy you know but it still handles just as good once you're on the water yes 
Yep. So yeah, that is the kayak that I use for mainly offshore. Offshore. Yep. Yeah. That would be me. I would be in a, a Kraken 15. Uh, the Kraken 15. Uh, you know what? Another another, another great another great boat. Yes. Yeah. Another great uh, offshore boat. Yes. Punches through, uh, nice and sleek. Paddles well. You know, same thing. It's just I know the Trident. It's a great boat, also. So yeah, not well. Yes. So you guys have that nice seat, though. Ah, uh, yeah, it is a little little different seat. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> well, cool, cool man. man. Um, so what would you tell everybody out there that uh, <laughs> say has never offshore fished from a kayak? What what would be some of the accessories that you would suggest? that are absolutely a must-have um, when you're going to target those offshore species, uh, king mackerel or, or or deep jigging for snapper or something like that. What are some accessories on that boat you're going to have with you that are just a must-have? Yeah, so I always tell guys, you know, simplicity is your, your best friend, man. Um, whenever you're considering going into the open water, considering offshore kayak fishing and you're fighting big game, um, you know, go, go into it with a lot of respect. Don't overload yourself. If that means just going with one rod, you know, two rods, then then do it. You know, I always highly recommend that. Just go very simple. Um, there are a few things uh, I would say definitely have your leashes in place. Always your security checks first, you know. So your uh, PFD, if, if you guys are new to kayak fishing, you're listening to that term. Uh, that's a short for just a life jacket. Yes. Uh, make sure you got something that's comfortable. Uh, that you feel like you can comfortably move around and shift around. You know, the evolution of, of PFDs has come a long way, so there shouldn't be any issue there. Um, right. Your VHF radio is sort of your last lifeline. And um, make sure it floats. Uh, obviously, make sure it's waterproof. And always have it attached to you. You know, one of the whenever you're going out there and guys are approaching the offshore scene green, um, I always tell them, <clears throat> always have it attached to you. Because the, the problem with just having it on your kayak is I've seen guys, you know, flip out there. And all of a sudden yes. they become detached from their kayak. And they start doing this. And they're reaching. They're like, oh, I can't call my buddy. You know, I don't have my cell phone on me. I don't have my VHF radio because I left mm -hmm. it attached to the kayak. So I always recommend having your, your VHF radio attached to you. Um, your leashes are important. But just... This is sort of like a side topic. Just be careful with leashes. Um, and this kind of fits into like fishing within your own means because I have ran into issues. I use Yak Gear leashes um, on my paddle. And a lot of people give me beef for not using them on my rods. But the only reason I don't use them on my rods, man, is because <clears throat> I've hit some nasty surf to where I become entangled whenever I'm coming back in and yes. I can't uh, get back on my kayak. So, uh, you know, that's an issue. It's like, okay, so well, what does that mean, Chris? Does that mean you don't leash your rod, so I'm going to have to lose my rod when I flip? Well, uh, <laughs> it, it might mean that, but I would say just get a kayak that can give you another alternative, whether that, that may mean le or bunging it to the side, yes. you know, flushed yes. on your kayak. That might mean yep. utilizing some internal uh, hole yes. capabilities like, like the Trident that I'm in. Right. Um, just think about those things. Make sure you're you're running your rods flush. Um, I don't know. There's just I can go off on a tangent on this. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine so. I, I like uh, the yeah. So let, let's break it real quick. So yeah. your 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 PFD, your VHF radio, definitely have a float plan, a partner. Um, you know the term leash it or use it or I'm sorry, leash it or lose it uh, is always in effect. But just yeah. be cautious with 
not overindulging and putting leashes everywhere, especially if you're not comfortable in some gnarly surf. There, there, it, it could be that when you launch, it's perfect crystal clear conditions, but when you come back in, holy smokes, things have really turned up and ramped up, and yes. here I am turtled. Now I'm tied with leashes around my foot, and I can't, you know, re-enter, you know, and I've never practiced it enough. Those are just some of the things I've seen from other guys as I've built experience and have, that have also happened to me. So just a couple of things to kind of right. keep in mind. Yeah, and it's always a plus to to uh, practice reentry on some flat water first. You know. <clears throat> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's definitely a big plus to to make sure you can get back into that that kayak and and have a way to bail that water out if you need be. You know. Um, Absolutely. That's, bilge a, that's, pump. A, that's yeah. another bilge that. pump or something. This little self manual bilge pump or whatever. Um, but that yeah, one of the main things, buddy system. I mean, I'm not gonna go offshore by myself. I really, I mean, it's doable. Yes, but would it's a lot better when you have somebody with you. <laughs> yeah. Back, offshore, you know, the up. margin for error is a lot lesser. You know what I mean? Like yeah. offshore, yes. it's, it's a little different because you're out there. And if you are in a state of emergency, yeah, I mean, you got to understand it, at least here where we're at in Texas, I mean, you're paddling at least two or three miles, if not more. And, um, you know, you don't want to yes. have to make that call and pay a bill unless I think, I don't think you pay if your life is in threat, but let's just say right. you get a hook. I, I've had guys, uh, or I've known of guys get hooks stuck on their neck, you know, yes. and they just don't feel comfortable. They freak out and it's like, all right, well, you can call the Coast Guard on that situation, but that right there will cost you because <laughs> yes. that's not technically a life saving, you know, threatening situation. Yeah. But yes. um, yeah, you just got to really, really think things through and reach out to anybody who has got some time on the water offshore, man, is what I would recommend. Pick their brain as much as you can. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's some solid info right there. Um, yeah, everybody out there, you know, pay attention to that because that's definitely some, some good stuff. So, all right, man, uh, we'll move along. I got another little little question for you here. We're going to talk about um, what you feel, um, how our Texas waters fishery compares to uh, – fishing in other areas have you have you kayak fished in, in, in on the gulf coast of florida or the atlantic coast of florida yeah yeah, yeah. so i've i've kayak fished down in mexico and mm -hmm. i've also kayak fished on the atlantic side um i've done extreme kayak fishing a few years and then i've also <clears throat> bass fished uh in mexico for a little bit i don't know if that would classify as a comparison since we're not really talking oh, yeah. strictly bass but you know i've been to that area um cool. What I can compare it to is definitely Florida, the Atlantic side. Um, but man, Texas is Texas is different, dude. Um, I can't really speak yeah. in behalf of the West Coast. Just FYI, I've never been there. Uh, I've never fished. Yeah, that's in different for sure over there. Calico bass, link cod, halibut, and different things like that. You know, um, uh, yeah. yellow, yellowtail, all that, and the kelp fields and all that. Uh, <clears> yeah, we're gonna dive into that. I, hopefully, I can get somebody from. We got a guy that spearfishes off of his over there um, wow. in California and has some pretty awesome stories about shark encounters and stuff. So I hope to look forward <laughs> yeah. to get him on here one of these one of these episodes too. So yeah, I can't really dive into that uh, California style over okay. there. You know, it's something a little different. But you say Florida, you know? Yeah, Florida, uh, the, the Gulf Coast of Florida. I, from my, I, in this isn't firsthand experience, but I've had a few uh, folks come from the Gulf side of Florida come up and. Um, it's similar. It, their water clarity seems to be a little bit yes. better on that side. 
obviously, but um, it's similar. Like as far as the tactics, um, yes, some of the tides, the marsh, um, and especially uh, Louisiana. I feel like Louisiana and Texas are extremely similar as yes. far as water clarity. Yeah. I could be wrong, but you know. Um, so I, I think you know, I, as long as you don't have a big influx of tide tidal yes. movement like they do where you said Georgia, right? Yeah, Georgia this is where you're from. Yeah. Um I think it can compare to Louisiana, maybe yeah. a few areas down in the uh Florida area on the Gulf so, side. So you're uh you fish some of the um extreme kayak fishing series there? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh so deep deep jigging, speed jigging, uh or <clears throat> live bait. Um so I mean, yeah, um live bait. I, I've only done the selfish smackdown. I was on this yeah, self- three okay. year journey, man. To, land of selfish and so i you know it's different from when you compare their summer slams to the uh, selfish smackdown so i only have experience on the selfish smackdown okay which what does that mean that basically means that uh, i was using live bait for everything i didn't do any jigging or anything like that their rules are different mm-hmm. um you have to use either uh, gogs or pilchards which we uh-huh. absolutely have none of that <laughs> yeah. in texas you know or hard, we don't use hard, it hard tails <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> yeah hard tails out the bazillion yeah and you know i was tempted <laughs> i was so tempted to bring a ribbon fish just to see what would happen yeah. down there in florida but oh yeah i never did it was too much too much of a hassle their their fish uh what what their selfish target there are really totally. just different yeah yeah they really are so well you know growing up in georgia the coastal fishery there um when we would catch as they call them over here ling cobia uh mm. We would we would target them with live eels and just slaughter them. Yeah, eels. That's, uh, what do I use? Uh, I use artificial eels actually to yes. target them here. There's Texas, a company yeah. called Ron's R O N Z Ron's Lures, and they have a a wiggle eel looking lure, and they just absolutely slam them. They're bright bright pink. <laughs> they just can't stand wow. the things. Yeah, they can't stand. Have you hooked things. up on a cobia before? Not on a kayak. Out of a no, boat, but plenty you've seen of times. Them? Yeah, on a yeah. boat, I've caught plenty of them out of a boat. They're just they're brutes, man. They're so strong. Yeah. They're strong fish, you know. I uh, um, I, I great table up fare on too. Of, oh yeah, dude. No, they're delicious. <laughs> I I hooked up on one of the biggest ones I personally ever have hooked up on. And this thing was huge, dude. This year, and um, I I, I tell you what, like, <laughs> I had a guy from San Antonio kind of next to me, and he was just kind of witnessing it and watching the fight as it went on. And uh, the first thing he said was, dude, that's like what, what, what I just saw from that cobia is like a bass on steroids. <laughs> yeah. Because I've never seen a cobia. I've seen a lot of cobia landings, but uh, this particular fight that I had this year, its head came out just like a largemouth bass. Gills flared up and started <laughs> thrashing its head. And it almost it almost breached on my kayak, man. I, it was the first Ooh. time I was literally scared of a fish. Like, I, I mean, I was literally scared. Like, I was yeah. like, "All right, I'm ready to we're, go home." We're talking my uh, <laughs> like a fifty pound class cobia, maybe. I would 50, say about 40, 40. 40. I don't know if it was quite at fifty, um, but for me, I, I've never hit anything over forty. That's a, 50, a lot that's of a, babies, that's a fifty inch still, cobia. That's yeah. 50 inches, maybe, maybe, maybe a little bigger. That's a big cobia. Big old head. I mean, <laughs> had a big head like a Man. like a catfish, and it yeah. was just looked like a shark subsurface. Yeah. Um, and this thing was just ready to rock my world, man. So 
I ended up losing them to the rigs. But yeah, man, those things are crazy, crazy fish. Yeah, and we're lucky that we have those uh, that nearshore structure here within, you know, two to four miles. We got those standpipes out there and some of that structure, um, and that does uh, bring those fish in. They talk, you know, they, they like to hang out. The bait hangs out. Um, so, it yeah, does, that, yeah, that's pretty cool to, to be able to – we can t- target that stuff straight off the beach. And that's what's cool about Texas is that we have, we have beach we can drive on. So we can go – Yeah. So over the years, people have found like some some rock piles and some different structures, some boat wrecks, you know, and you can target fish like that down to Penn's Padre Island National Seashore um, that you can drive all the way down to, from uh, Corpus Christi, uh, North Padre Island, and all the way down to Port Mansfield Jetties if you have a, the right vehicle at the right time of year. <laughs> yeah, man. I cool. mean, that's a good comparison right there between Texas and Florida, um, you know, going to extreme and experiencing that. Yes. You've got to drag your kayak through fluffy sand for, oh, I don't know, two, three hundred yards. Whereas here in Texas, man, back <laughs> I, I never, water, yeah, buddy. like I, I thought this was pretty normal, you know, like, oh, driving on the beach. Oh yeah, it's normal. Nah, it's not quite normal. We're, we're pretty blessed to have that capability, yeah. man. <laughs> There's still a couple places in Florida, like Daytona and New Smyrna mm-hmm. Beach, New Smyrna Inlet, Ponce Inlet. They still can like access there. It's a big surf, surf towns, you know. lot of surfers and stuff too but yeah but it didn't like it's not like what we have here you know being able to drive what almost 60 plus miles down the beach and you know find fish in the surf and it's pretty pretty cool that we still have that available to us you know yeah man texas has a lot of near shore offshore structure yes a lot and and that's and, what makes us a lot different from a lot of and, other areas, and despite a, our shallow shell, you know. And the and the south snapper like they come in close in the winter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's so. You know that you hit on a good topic, man. I didn't realize. I mean, I, I guess I've just always taken that for granted. Um, some of these guys from Australia and New Zealand that come over and fish our waters, they freak out about that. Like they really do. They're just like, dude, how many people know about this area? <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, well, why yeah. why are y'all so concentrated on? He's like, no, we we you cannot. It is there's so much pressure on them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they're just amazed that you can catch nearshore quality snapper, man. Yeah. So, um, I guess you know I've gone out there, caught my limits of state snapper, and I just, I don't know, I, I never really put that much thought into it. But yeah, man, um, apparently there's not a lot of areas in in the U.S. where you can do that that shallow. Yeah, we're talking like a 40 to 60 foot area, mm-hmm. I believe, is what you probably want to say. That's 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 what I had had found, you know, when I had done it. Um, you know, that and yeah. that water, that water, that surf temp hits 70 and mid 60s. Boy, they they move in a little bit closer. You get find a little better fish in the state waters that time. You know, yeah, man. Or when they when that temp drops like that, that's when it's sushi time. It's yep. sashimi. For days, yeah, I love I love snapper. Yes, yeah, 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 great eating fish. For sure, deal, man, man, yeah, that's that's awesome getting to talk about that too. You know, because we're we're blessed here in Texas with the fishery we have. You know, so um, man, it's just I know some of your catches it 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 blow my mind. So yeah, we're gonna dive into this uh, and talk about um, certain fish you caught. It has a bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, here in the, our Texas waters, uh, you know, you landed a 
a pretty solid sailfish here, you know. Yeah, so, that was um t- touch base on that a, Such a weird experience, man. Uh a couple guys from San Antonio actually were there with me, uh Robert Rodriguez and Robert Moore. Um <clears throat> that was just, you know, I mean, it, it's funny because as soon as that was was caught, a lot of people started to come down that I noticed, and they wanted to target selfish. Well, it's that's yeah. tough. I, I did not target that selfish. I I don't know how that rumor had had gotten spread, but I I, well, I took advantage of a situation is how I explain it. So, yeah. and I don't even know if the situation was relevant to the selfish. I just saw stuff running underneath me and. I, I dropped a line there, and I think it was – I mean, it's just luck. You catch a selfish yeah. down here, it's just straight chance. Uh, it's a crapshoot, you know, or, or as some of the old salts like to say, um, yeah. it's well, a lottery even, pick, man. Even out you of know? a boat, it's a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's – I was in 34 foot of water when I caught that thing. Wow. So that's, that's just – and not only that, but, it, you know, whenever we sort of – tape measured it not really tape measured it but we kind of lined it up against the uh, stern and put the nose on the end of the ocean kayak uh, logo you know that was obviously just a ballpark figure but that was a surprisingly big sell for that shallow we averaged about 87 at least minimum 87 inches um which is just uh, that's unheard of for being that close i think yes i think the record is like 100 something pounds 93 inches but you're talking about boats that are going way out into the gulf of mexico you know so it was uh that was just huge like blessing just i always say that fish picked me dude (laughs) that's all i can say about that yeah what what did you you catch it on what uh a live bait so it hit both i I had two um it can i landed it on the on the uh uh ribbon fish but it knocked out so whenever I'm fishing for this thing, I don't know if I put that in the video. There's, um, I have two lines out. <clears throat> I had a live bait, and I, I cannot tell you for the life of me the name of that bait, but it's it's got it's it's basically like a little reef fish that hangs around the rigs. Uh, it almost looks like uh, it almost looks like a baby jack, like it croaks, and yeah. I can't remember the dang uh-huh. name of it. But uh, it's got a like a yellow tail. Um, I used I had one of those just on a, a short stock stinger rig, you know, basically just a J hook yes. and a, one single stinger on the back. And then I had a ribbon fish. Well, it actually took the live bait first and fought it for a little bit. I'm assuming that was the selfish, you know, uh, it tore up the everything. It twisted everything. And then I stopped. Did a few more uh, paddles and strokes, and then the uh, yeah, I did not ex- escape the uh, the ribbon fish setup because yeah. that's an, a full on stinger rig with about three trebles. Three trebles, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and man, I, I fought it on that. I, I knew, you know what's crazy, dude? I don't know. I, I cannot explain this moment. I've never caught a selfish, mm-hmm. but I knew I had a selfish. That drag that. scream, that initial run when they slam that bait and they know they're got tension on them they they yeah. scream yeah it, it was just crazy man the head shakes it literally felt like if you've never caught a selfish and you want to experience it 
I would say go to those fishing expos and seriously play those yeah. games. Like, had okay. I, I'm telling you right now, dude, had I never played those games, I would have never said on the radio, hey, Rock, dude, you, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think I got to sell Because yeah. it yeah. felt just like those those games, man. Whenever it hit, you know, whenever it would thrash and move around, it literally felt like that thud. So I was like, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, if anybody wants to check it out, yeah, you you have a uh, – uh, you. It's out on YouTube, you know. There's some some a video of it and everything. So you can go ahead and uh, yeah. yeah, plug that man. Plug plug next level fishing TV, man. Yeah, so I I do uh, I have a YouTube channel. I've had it for for a while, you know. It's sort of that's what YouTube and my passion for kayak fishing kind of blended at the same time. Uh, I just felt like, man, dude, there's so many stories you could tell on a kayak, you know. And this was before a lot of now, there's a lot of YouTubers now, you know. It, it was I think when I first got into it. It was myself, Ty Sutherland. Um, yeah. Of course, uh, I, I think that was the transition of when Jim Sammons started to release content. And so did Chad Hoover, uh, Robert Field. I came in right the same year as him. You know, a handful uh, of other guys, I'm sure, in the East Coast that I, I yeah, can't yeah. remember. But um, I just, there wasn't a lot to look at. But the stuff that I did see back then, it inspired me to just go out there and represent some of the Texas waters and just to try and see if um, I could help the sport grow. You know, it wasn't, it hadn't fully blown up to what it is now back then. Yes. And so I, I, yeah, you can catch, I'm sorry. I went off a tangent there, but um, uh, it's all good, the selfish fast forward to present uh, that, that selfish was uh, documented. We, we I filmed everything on it, thankfully. Um, and, uh, it's on, you can actually YouTube, uh, you could just put Texas selfish and it'll yes. come up. It'll come uh, up. Could, yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll see it there. Um, funny story of that dude is I had to delete all my GoPro previous footage to record that video. Oh, cause I caught two barracudas that day. Okay. Caught two barracudas, which is super. Wow. That's weird. The, 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 yeah. The, it was super rare, you know, and yes. I don't know if yes. any of this had to do with did, did the hurricane hit that year. Was it that year? I don't know. Was it two years ago when we had a... Uh... Yes, Harvey. Yeah, it had to... Man, that was such a weird day. Harvey was 17, yeah. I was catching barracudas on live bait. Couldn't get them to move for anything on artificial. They were uh -huh. just sitting there. Still. Yeah. They would just look at my stuff move. Nope, don't want it. But as soon as I put something live on there, I actually had filmed two barracudas, and then I caught the selfish after, and I was like, dude... I got to make a decision right now. Either I'm guessing that I do have a selfish and it's worth deleting barracuda yeah. footage. Yeah, I just did, man. I went on a just went on, on a wing win. and a yeah. prayer, yeah. man. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, see, I, I I've seen um, you know some some charter boats and stuff like that out of South Padre. I, I've seen them with some cudas, you know, some barracudas down there. But up up here, I I've never seen one in the water. And I have guys, yeah. I have friends that dive that dive the rigs and said they've never seen one up here. So that, that yeah, that's really, definitely something different. I've heard that they used to be real prevalent. Um, and I've seen some small ones throughout okay. the years, but these that I caught that year were just abnormally big for I thought at least for that area. Yeah. You know, so but you know, I'll take the trade off of that day oh, catching yeah. the selfish and not putting barracuda footage we'll save that one for <laughs> maybe some other time oh yeah that's cool man uh so yeah looking ahead man you got uh anything going on wrapping up this year or, or looking on into 2020 uh anything <clears throat> hot on the burner um, 
Yeah, man. So I'm I'm really trying to do an actual 30 on a full like okay so there's a lot i'm trying to do all right uh i'm trying to film you know i feel okay so let me break this down real quick so i going back to the youtube thing uh it's a layered show so i i sort of have like a b and c content so i a content would be like a, a full drawn out target species episode and then uh your b content would be um more like your behind the scenes your filler you yeah. can actually see all the effort that goes behind you know somebody actually going after a targeted species yes. a trophy species and then your see content like your podcast and stuff like that that's how, that's how that show is so my goal moving forward is um, right now I'm, I'm trying to actually catch and and with enough footage to make a 30 inch trout episode real yeah. you know i've done it a couple times i've only done it twice but i i was so focused in on just beating my own personal records it just wasn't enough and there's just some too much stuff that I'm showing on the back of the cameras where I just don't feel comfortable. You where you're know, fishing, showing yeah, your, your background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, yeah, I got so, some uh, of that too, man. So it's kind of, it's kind of <laughs> like, man, do I really want to, do I really want to share this? I, I don't know, because um, I fish some like some pretty crazy places, and it's like, man, there's yeah. fishing, there's there's trout like that in there. Yeah, uh, no, there's not. No, I'm not sharing anything. <laughs> I'm not sharing anything. Well, well, for last uh, last year, there, there's a there's a kayak page, San Antonio, um, uh, yeah, kayak fisherman, San Texas kayak fisherman, San Antonio, TKFSA. Yeah, they 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 did an online tournament last year, and, and me and old Chris went head to head, you know, <laughs> and, and battled it out, you know, um, for an online trout we tournament. Yeah, we were first and second. Yeah. You, you edged me out by a couple inches. Um, yeah, was, man, it was, it was good to go. I didn't sign up this year. I'm kind of bummed. I, I've taken a few people out and kind of helped them out a little bit and got a, got a couple people, got some fish for them. And, uh, this is a different I, time I didn't, of year though, right? This is yeah, uh, last, last year. Was, was it more February, February, it was January, February, March. It was only supposed to go for two months and went for three. So, you know, Tracy, old, old Tracy Debman was hot on our heels, man. He was, he was coming. And so was Ernest Cisneros, um, you know, yeah. it's a guy That's down South area. Padre too. He he's got a good one on the board this year, um, already. Like a he's yeah. got a twenty six, twenty six and a quarter. Um, yeah, that's really yeah, good. This, this is a little cool. early for my area. I mean, they're there. I've I've got a couple over twenty five already. Um, I've got a you know quite a few in the twenty three, twenty four inch range in the last few weeks, and uh, I'm still catching yeah. fish on top water. I'm still catching some fish on top water over here. So, what's y'all's uh, water temperatures like right now? Oh, over water there? temperature. Well, I fished Monday morning. It was 62 where I was at, 63. Yeah, yeah. It, it dropped after this last that last front we had. We had a real big drain because you know we mm -hmm. had had abnormally high tides for about two, three weeks. You know, yeah. And, and uh, man, had them redfish acting stupid in the marsh though. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm glad to be able to get back on the trout. You know, I, that's what I've been waiting on. <laughs> yeah, trout and, and good old reds, man. I need to bring you down here so you can target some of these shallow running uh, bull reds, man. It's so oh, crazy. Man. That's another one that I'm I'm aiming to do this year. Cobia next year once the season starts back up. I'll be ready. Um, I'll be I'm trying to break my PB <laughs> kingfish, man. 57 and a half. Is, is, oh man, that's a smoker, yeah, that's, bud. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing, man. That was uh, that was, was different when you look at it, a fish that big, and you put it on your lap, like you just kind of bring it all in, man. It's it's pretty pretty crazy. So, 
There's oh, a few things man. left on the bucket list. I'd like to do also an Atlantic sale. Um, I yeah, still yeah. Am, am wanting to do that. So I may have to holler at some of those guides over there and just say, you know what, dude? Yeah. Let's just what, seal deep, the deal. Deep blue ocean, deep blue uh, kayak. Deep blue, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brian, Brian I, Nelly has, uh, does some stuff down there. I'm actually going to get him on the show um, in the next few weeks, hopefully. Uh, my spoke Brian Nelly, yeah. Also, yeah. Yeah, Brian yeah. Nelly. Yeah, I'm going to get him on. He's, he's out of Pompano Beach also. Um, yeah, he fishes man. down there. He's he's got a he's I got think a, I a out to Brian already. I told him, hey dude, I I want to I, I definitely want an Atlantic cell. You know, I, I well something I want to go for. I know if you see those crazy ass videos that are out there now advertising that goat tournament. Have you seen that that junk out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so that's in that's in June yeah. out of Nevada, Florida, and there's apparently some kind of crazy artificial reef that was paid for after the oil spill and all that kind of stuff with that uh really deal we had going on there's a apparently there's a like a a long reef structure they put like a mile and a half or two miles offshore that just runs like it's some kind of crazy structure they got out there some artificial reef that was put in and apparently that's where the tournament's going to be and if you see the crazy videos that are out there i know uh tracy debman i know some other people were talking about we need to make a texas freak texas road trip over there carpool <laughs> Yeah, so, man, we need to there. dude, because Try to um, wreak some havoc. I, yeah, man, we got to put Texas on the board. That's, that's that's the fun I like about that tournament, man. Is just coming from and representing your home home state, you know. Oh yeah, um, oh, yeah. I did it a couple times, and, and we sprung a leak, the Texas crew, and then second or third time with Eric, he placed and he got third, and yeah. it was like yes, you know, that was cool. So yeah, yeah, we definitely got to put that on the list, man. Good group of us from Texas definitely need to go down there and uh, try and wreak havoc. Well, that's Re-cab that's what we do on the bass side of things. I mean, there's a there's a group of us that that that, that travel around and fish some tournaments and stuff, and then there's some stuff going on. Uh, I know KBF, that's Chad Hoover's kayak bass fishing uh, national mm-hmm. championship. That's kind of like the spectacle of the kayak fishing industry or whatever, you know. Um, and uh, they they have that national championship on Gunnersville. I know there'll be a big group of us going over there. We need to do the same thing on the saltwater side. I know. Tracy Deadman, I know. Um, what's the guy? Other guy on the uh, Hobie team, Jason. Uh, Eric, Eric Delois. Eric Delois. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah, Eric Delois. Yeah. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. I'm, there's another guy that is on fishing for bass. His name Jason Delfries or Delfries. Mm. And uh, Eric, yeah, he's he's another solid solid offshore inshore angler also. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, we need we need to get us a crew over there. We need to get it get it going. Try to get something planned out. Uh, for that, and for uh, sure. looks like it's in June of, of next year, the, the goat tournament. June of next year, good. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's 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 good to see more uh, tournaments popping up. I mean, I think it for the longest time it was just extreme, but the well, fishery is so amazing yeah, over uh, there. Like they have man, the room for it. I know. Well, we had that that deal that started up. It's the second year this year. They had the the Ray Del Mar. It was also it was put on by ACK, who you're on their team through Cats mm-hmm. and through uh, uh, Fin Factory. Uh, Mike Morales, Factory, yeah. the Hobie dealer there in uh, in Corpus Christi, uh, your area. Yeah. But yeah, that's a really cool concept tournament too, because you fish for uh, redfish on one day with your uh, best uh, two slot reds weight, and then you fish offshore the next day or vice versa, depending on the weather. This year we had beautiful weather, and I'm I really uh, upset at myself for not fishing offshore tournament of that this year. But uh, yeah, it was beautiful yeah, that yeah. day, man. It you, was. Uh, you had a you had a solid fish, and I um, I think you were right there going to be in the money, and then uh, something happened on the on the redfish. 
Um, yeah, I ran late. It ran late. Yeah, me and uh, yeah, me and Ruben got caught chasing some reds, and we just we lost track of time, dude. You know, playing in hey, pots. I mean, all I had to do was bring in one redfish. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. You could take that was over overall uh, Ray Del Mar, king of the salt. Big uh, salt. big lesson for sure. Yeah. You know. Um, but I, I still, what did I, I can't, did I get second? I think, I, yeah, I got second. Hang on. Where's that thing at? Got it here somewhere. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> let me see it. There we go. <laughs> yeah, there it is. I, that's the, uh, yeah. that's the, the kingfish, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the offshore division. It was, um, uh, Eric, myself and, um, Mark Garcia, man, Mark. which, yeah. which are guys that I've all fished with good, good friends, good people, man, good people to be around and. Just good characters, you know what I mean? Yeah, I got, so, uh, I got, I got the, the the spot pot constellation prize for that tournament. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. I, I got lucky on that one, and and uh, I mean, we were on the fish. Uh, we we fished um over in my neck of the woods, so we had to like cut out early um to make it to weigh in, and we had about a two hour period of thunderstorms that just dumped on us. We were like huddled up underneath a, a cabin on the side of this bank. <laughs> oh, lightning man. busting us up and we were on the fish I, I it was just one of them days you know you just you just have them sometimes you know it just yeah it it happens you know you know you run out of time you don't manage your time i've done that quite a few times myself i get all hyped up chasing fish and then i was like man i really need to go well no i need to upgrade one more fish and it's like oh man i just blew this yeah <laughs> so i don't how many tournaments I'm going to do next year? I don't do a lot of them, but uh, I do. I try and pick the fun ones where yeah. it's like, all right, you know, like I did. We did that boating offshore one, and I just the only reason I, I yes. just I knew the odds were against us, but I just wanted to try and spoil the party, and we just luckily did it. You did. Um, you so little things like that, like I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, let's try this one. Let's try and do this. <laughs> yeah, for those so, uh, those of y'all out there in, in, in internet land here, uh, Chris went out and and smoked a boat tournament in his kayak. i think they were pretty they were pretty hot <laughs> yeah you got by it, was, a guy in a kayak. it was it was different man I, I i never like i was doing it for ha ha giggles yeah. but these guys like like you gotta understand man they're in million dollar offshore boats and they did oh, yeah. not want to look at anybody on a plastic kayak <laughs> no that was that was a lot of fun yeah so we'll see i'm I'm gonna try and do about 10 tournaments next year maybe a little bit more i might dip into the red fish scene a little bit more um so we'll see we'll see how it goes man it's fun it's just just, man it's just tough with the with the um you know bringing them back in live you got to get them put some g juice in there and it's man it's just a hassle i i know um uh that artificial showdown they usually run out of Aranda's Pass was throwing around the idea of doing a, a, a kayak division and it's a four trout stringer. And I'm like, oh, my, really? eyeball, my eyeballs got big. Yeah. <laughs> but man. I'm like, a live way in for trout is tough on a kayak because they don't stay alive on a stringer. Oh, well. dude. A so live? I was like, man, I was like, yeah. I said, you really couldn't do a live way in on, on for a trout tournament on a kayak because you're dragging them around. They're getting beat up. They're, they're not going to like it. I was like, so That's don't. Tough. I, I really hope they were going to do that because I, I was hoping to get some some interest in that, you know, and that's it. That's in December. Um, that would be really cool. Really? That's, yeah, what location? Yeah. The uh, all Texas waters are open, but you have to go to the weigh in in, in Aransas Pass at Com Brown Harbor. Mm-hmm. So I know it's that's a big a boat. One. It's a big boat tournament, but 
they were kicking around the ideas of doing a kayak division, which was pretty cool. I wish, you know, I would, I would love that. Uh, man. Let me know yeah, if I'll, they, uh, if they do allow kayaks and maybe we'll, do they allow, is it a team event or what is this? Is it single individual? It's a, it's a team event. I think up to four, four people in a boat, but man, I don't know if they'd let us fish as a, as a group on, on kayaks. Cause I'd be down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah man well if they do let me know <laughs> yeah we need to find out yeah, we need to i need to find that thread and get back on there and message and see what's going on yeah cool deal man um yeah we're gonna look at, at wrapping this segment up man i just want to see if you got anybody you want to thank uh sponsors family uh you know give a shout out to somebody uh here's your chance right now man go ahead yeah and, uh, well uh before my sp- i'll thank you first um uh, thanks for inviting me on. This is this is real cool. I, I uh, I don't. I've joined. I've done a couple podcasts. No, no, have I? No, I think this is the first podcast that I've actually been invited to. So it's an honor to be here, talk to you Ooh, about man. kayak fishing, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, oh, yeah. As far as uh, the sponsors, of course, you know, ACK, Yak Gear, Roblazer, Tsunami Tackle, man. Those guys help me do what I need to do, and and uh, it's been a long journey. They've stuck with me, uh, for the exception of I just joined ACK, but the rest of the guys have uh, been with me since almost the beginning, man. They yeah. really helped me get to where I, I, I'm at. Um, if you're a reader, I always encourage read it, not just me, but read all the great reports on Saltwater Angler Magazine. Dustin, you're on there. Ooh, uh, I haven't you. written for, uh, I think, two weeks, three weeks, but I'll, I'll, I've already submitted an article for this next one. Oh, cool. Um, and if you want to see things from East Coast to West Coast, uh, just amazing stories. Of course, Kayak Angler Magazine, um, I, I uh, contribute to that just about on almost every um, season on that if I have yeah. something to write. But, uh, yeah, man. So yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, we, we need to, we need to collab on a, on, a, on a trophy trout uh, yeah, man. article for the yeah. kayak fishing. And then also, you know, Chris Payne with uh, Payne, Payne Outdoors that does all the reviews. And, you know, he's starting up that Kayak Fishing Quarterly Magazine again. It'll just be online only. I but. There'll be something oh, else man. we can sub- submit for, you know, and have have some other uh, media outlets that are accessible for us, you know. And I, I'm I'm stoking you, him starting that back up too. Chris, I, are you I plan be on, I'm, for Chris I'm, I'm gonna sub- I'm gonna submit some stuff. I hope hope he gets to use it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Good, man. yeah, I'm definitely gonna take care of. Well, some if stuff, you ever want to you know. come down to our neck of the woods and maybe catch some trout. Let me know. I'll bring the cameras, dude, and we'll get some good shots so that you can put together a good article, man. I like so. to do that and then exchange a favor. And you come up and we'll fish my neck of the woods and we'll kind of, you know, compare the two, you know, and see see what the difference yeah. is with that, that mid-coast versus the, the coastal bend area down yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, It'd absolutely. be all good, man. Maybe we'll uh, do yeah. that and then we'll uh, come back and maybe do another segment. We'll talk about some secret stuff. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. I don't know if I'm going to talk about that. I don't, nah, uh, I don't nah, know. I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one, but man, you know. But we'll do that on April Fools. You'll yeah. title it saying we're going to talk about yeah. secret stuff, but we'll release that podcast on April Fools. April How about Fools, that? yeah. <laughs> yeah and we're blessed to have you know all of us like-minded anglers that, that love to target fish out of a kayak here in Texas. You know, it's is growing in leaps and bounds. You know, like we were talking earlier before we started this segment, that uh, man, you can't go across the causeway uh in corpus without seeing somebody on the water pretty much every day of the week weather depending even even not i mean uh you know it's it's out there it's here to stay i mean it's it's 
it's cheaper than getting a boat. <laughs> it's the ease of access. I mean, it's it, it, and the fish are just downright fun to catch. And Texas, and, and they're yeah, great. No. They're Texas great has. Too. We've we've. I think I'm confident by saying that Texas has really become the mecca for kayak fishing, man. I mean, so much to where even the east and west coasters that I've been around who have come to visit have said, "Wow, you guys have billboards." of cars and kayaks <laughs> like yeah. that's the difference you know what i mean and then so, all, all, the, um, all the crazy bass bass lakes we have here that the bass fishing is just insane oh also. man i mean we got a great you know, history you know yeah yeah i mean everything man from deep inshore to saltwater inshore to offshore it's crazy what texas has done for the industry and uh, the growth is just it's night and day man it's just it's huge like i I'm, I, I thought we were gonna hit a peak like five six seven years ago and it just continues to grow. I really don't know when it's going to stop, but uh, it's a good so, thing. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. So, Oh, yeah, I am too. Glad to be on a ride too. Well, we're going to wrap up the yeah. segment here. Once again, I thank uh, Chris Castro. Check him out online, Next Level Fishing TV on YouTube. And any Instagram or anything they can follow you on Facebook or anything like that, they can follow you? Yeah, um, Next Level Fishing TV just across the board. Uh, Twitter, the Instagram, board. Okay. All YouTube. Right. Yeah. Cool deal, man. Well, all right. Thanks again. We're wrapping this up. I really appreciate you being on the show. And uh, y'all tune in next time. Thank you. Did you know you could help support the podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash paddle, the letter N, and fin. You could also do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash paddle, the letter N, and fin. Go check out the website, guys. Paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Also, check out YouTube youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin if you got a question comment want to hear from a future guest feel free to email us at paddle the letter n and fin at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on social media we're doing giveaways announcements things like that at facebook and instagram at paddle and fin shout out to our show supporters rocktown adventures leveling canoe and kayak hammered lures fish mob lures trc covers catch products Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Fin logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jigmasters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the Recycled Plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your jig order. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Oh my god! Oh! 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 Oh!
every once in a while it's fun to go with like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.